Season 1, Episode 42, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John 28 to 31. I'm going to start in 25 and just read 25 to 31. Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. This is uh, was a, an important verse to me the night I trusted Christ as my Savior. It's another illustration that I'm going to try to show you without being able to see me do it. But uh, it's John 10:28. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish; neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So I take my left hand and I and I take my right hand and I clasp hand to wrist. But my left hand is below my right hand. So it's like one's coming down from heaven, if you will, and the other is reaching up from the earth. The, the bottom is the person, the top one is Jesus in John 10, 28. And I, I say it like this. When you trust Christ, it's like you grab a hold of him. So I grab with my hand reaching up to the wrist of the hand coming down. When I trust Christ, when, when when you trust Christ, it's like this. You grab a hold of him, and he grabs a hold of you. Now I got both hands grasping the wrists, and again, my right hand is coming down, my left hand is coming up. I have to kind of tilt my shoulders, uh, my left shoulders down, my right shoulders up, uh, to illustrate this point. But I've the only reason I'm going through this trouble is because time and time again, my students over the years had said, that's the one thing I remember you do. I remember the the illustration with the hands. Okay. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man let neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Okay, what I do let me start from the beginning. It's like this. When you trust Christ, you grab a hold of him, he grabs a hold of you. You might and probably will, there's no question about it, you'll let go of him him. And I let go with my left hand, the wrist coming down, but he never lets go of me. So let me start over again. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. At this point I've got the bottom hand let go. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. I'm reminded of the verse that I think settles the Trinity for me. Uh, 1 John 5, 7. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So you're going to have to deal with the Trinity. Um, The way I do it is that I'm a body, soul, and spirit. And I really don't understand the connection. Uh... If my hand hurts, I hurt. If my body hurts, I hurt. Uh, 
you got the, the new man, the old man. It's pretty complicated what's going on inside of us. And I think it's pretty, uh, maybe not so complicated what's going on inside of God. But anyway, one one person, uh, three in one, if you will. Anyway, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. When I have shared that with people over the years, uh, they say, and they haven't said this to me in a long time, I guess they say things to younger people they don't say to older people, I don't know. But uh, they say, well, I can, I can get away from him. Well, think about it. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Well, right there, no, you can't get away from him. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That would include you. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So I would say it's like when you were a little kid and your mama and mother and father were walking you into Publix, and depending on how many children, let's say you're the first child, and uh, mom's got a hold of one hand, dad's got a hold of the other hand, they're, you know, your feet aren't even touching the ground. You're swinging back and forth. You're just whatever. But, you know, and, and I enjoyed it when my kids would grab my hand. I remember when my youngest grabbed my hand uh, the last time I can remember him doing that. And I thought, this is great. You know, this is not going to last forever. But um, just walking into public, there's a lot of cars coming around and it's, you got to be careful. And, and uh, if I really when they're little and you don't really trust them to do what's right when they're real little but they want to walk i mean you got a hold of that wrist they're not going anywhere uh and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand um anyway um of course that's not true of me but it's true of god and uh and i it's a great source of security for me I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Uh, it kind of bothered me that um, for years, it, it, in uh, John 10, 28, I give unto them eternal life. Uh, the verse right before 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I'm always worried about people saying, Oh, well, see, you got to follow him. But if you read the verse right before it, John 10, 26, but ye believe not, because you are not of my sheep. Verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you, you believe not, you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you are not of my sheep. Sheep are believers. I became a sheep, as opposed to a goat, if you will, the the moment I trusted Christ as my Savior, the moment I repented of my sin and had faith towards God, the God of John 3.16. And I said, this is a good God. This is a good plan. This is one that works for me. I don't have to do anything except believe, receive it. To as many as received it, to them he gave me power to become the sons of God. Uh, John 1.12, if I'm not mistaken. Um... Anyway, I thought I would read John chapter 10 because it's known as the Good Shepherd Discourse. And um, in verse 22, uh, Jesus asserts his deity with uh, I and my Father are one. Uh, 
And then the very end, Schofield says, Jesus goes to the place where he was baptized. So the last three verses are reminiscent of his baptism. He is he is going to Jerusalem for the last time here. Uh, this is going to be his uh, 33rd Passover. I think he went to all of them. Uh, and uh, his parents always, all the Jews, uh, went to the temple for Passover, which would be a great time of camping and from Bethlehem, maybe three days journey, sounds like. And, you know, God, can you imagine being a little kid and going with your cousin John before he was the Baptist and just family time and, and uh, dad putting work aside. And that was three times a year they went to Jerusalem. The Passover, um, the Feast of Trumpets, and Yom Kippur, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, um, but those were the three times that they, they had to be in the temple. Um, synagogues, I've told you before, came about because of the captivity approximately 400 years prior to the Messiah um, birth. And um, they have synagogues in different communities, but they were not the temple. They were not Solomon's temple, or better yet, I guess, Nehemiah's temple, because Solomon's temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. But anyway, so let me, uh, this is a lot of Jesus talking here. And the Good Shepherd Discourse, uh, that's a metaphor to say Jesus is, is the Good Shepherd, uh, or a shepherd, or a door to the sheepfold, all metaphors uh, to make a, a point. Okay, John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, is a thief and a robber. It sounds like there were, I remember in my lifetime in Miami, there was Yahweh ben Yahweh who claimed to be uh, God, the Son of God. Yahweh, God, ben Yahweh, the Son of God. Yahweh ben Yahweh, God, the Son of God. Uh, Sung Young Moon uh, claimed to be God, Jesus Christ. Yahweh ben Yahweh claimed to be God the Father and God the Son. And I think throughout history, I mean, there were leaders of Israel saying, oh, this guy was claiming to be something and he wasn't. So I think there's a pretty common thing, and it will be during the tribulation especially. Christ has come. Did you hear he's come? And he says, you know, just, I think everybody's going to know when, when Jesus Christ comes. Uh, you bring in an army, and it's at the end of the tribulation. The Battle of Armageddon goes right into the judgment of the nations, known as the sheep and the goats. And the goats are cast in the lake of fire, and the sheep are, are passed in, into uh, the millennium to populate the world for the last thousand years before the Big Bang and the world passes away with a great noise. And uh, we enter into the new heaven and a new earth. And uh, I really don't know what that's going to be like, but I, I think he did a great job with this earth. And uh, I think he'll do a great job with the one that's going to last forever. Okay, so when he talks about robbers entering in, uh, they don't enter in by the door. They don't fill up, fulfill all the prophecies of the Messiah, for example. 
Uh, by the way, his disciples don't understand the first five verses, but he explains them. So we're going to get an explanation of all this. John chapter 10, verse 2. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. Uh, that's a pretty common thing. Sheep Shepherds are very familiar with their sheep, and probably more the sheep are more familiar with their shepherds than they are with the sheep. I, I got to tell you this story that the man that led me to Christ told me. When he visited uh, the Middle East in Jerusalem, he said he was at an open uh, restaurant in a, in a village outside of Jerusalem, and he saw two shepherds coming down into the valley on two different roads. And they stopped in front of the restaurant where he was. He and his wife were sitting at a table or the party they were with were sitting and having breakfast. And the shepherds were going to pasture and one was coming one direction and the other was coming the other direction. And the sheep got all mixed together. And they're just busy eating because I guess that's what they do. And then... They talked, and my, my friend, the man that led me to the Lord, Jack Weaver, said uh, to himself, or maybe to his wife, uh, how is, are they going to ever get the sheep untangled? And then the shepherd said goodbye to each other, and as they were leaving, as they were walking away, they were saying, their, you know, calling out to their sheep, let's go, follow me. And the sheep who they belonged to followed the shepherd. Uh, sheep are better at following the shepherd than we are, but um, they hear my voice and they follow me. Anyway, um, that's a that's true about sheep. Um, to him that openeth, to him the porter openeth, to the shepherd the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and lead them out of the sheepfold. To pasture, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. I think this part they understand. They just don't understand why Jesus is talking about it. He was a carpenter, not a shepherd. I'm sure he helped his father. I, I bet he was pretty amazing. But uh, let's see here. Okay, a little problem with my computer. Um So, um, all right, um, verse 5, And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. little lesson in sheep. Verse 6, The parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not the things they... They understood not the things they... This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I'm assuming the, the them are his disciples. It could be the people that are surrounding him here. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Uh, there's believers and unbelievers here. This is probably the typical crowd that was following him 
the disciples present, normally explained his uh, words, his parables to to uh, the disciples. I should have better done my homework. Um, let me just see. Again, context, context, context. Who's he talking to? Um, if you were blind, you should not. Yeah, he's talking to a mix of, if you read the, the last verse of the chapter before this 941, Jesus said unto them, if you were blind, you should have no sin, but now you see, now you say we see, therefore your sin remaineth. So uh, he's talking to unbelievers, and of course he has his disciples with him too. But so when he says in verse 10, uh, this parable he spake unto them, I would assume it's the same crowd, that uh, there's no break here. He went up into the mountains with his disciples or something like that. This parable spake Jesus unto them, that, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. They've come in the past, they'll come in the future. Uh, verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. That's pretty much what a shepherd does. Brings them into the sheepfold at night, takes them out in a day to find pasture. The, sheep come, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Verse 12, but he that is an hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. I would, I would assume the wolf uh, is, is probably the most common danger to a, a, a sheep fold or a shepherd out grazing his sheep. And, uh, and it, it, I was just thinking about the shepherd, David the shepherd, when he went to Saul and said, I will fight Goliath. And he, and he had to reassure uh, King Saul who said, you're but a youth, and this man a warrior from his youth. And what chance do you have? And David tells him that he killed a lion and a bear. I guess a, a wolf didn't have much of a chance with David. But anyway, verse 13, The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known of my sheep. I met God in 48 years ago, and he, the God that I put my faith in was offering to the world salvation, first died for the sins of the whole world. Uh, it was shown to me in Scripture that what he was offering me was a free gift with no strings attached. Those were my words. Is it, are you telling me that salvation is a free gift with no strings attached? And Jack Weaver said, praise the Lord, you understand it. And I said, whoa, this is good. 
And then John 3.16 just jumped off the page at me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, I said, this is it. This is the God that I can trust and believe on. Uh, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known of mine. I know the Lord. I know he's good. He's loving. He's caring. And if you don't know him, then you don't know that he's good and that he's loving and that he's caring and that he died for the, your sins and the sins of the whole world. He, that judgment was taken care of. For the things we've done wrong, now we have a, a judgment for the saved and for the lost. For the saved, it's the judgment seat of Christ where we'll give an answer for every good and bad thing we did. And we were talking about that, I think, in the last podcast. And it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. I mean, he might be angry. I don't know. Uh, judges at the Olympics aren't really angry. Um, we will give an answer for the good and bad that we've done. But we'll be rewarded correctly. I don't think it's wailing and gnashing of teeth. I don't think that occurs in heaven. Um, uh, I, I, that's something I need to study more because to, to, I have good friends that believe that there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And, and, and I'm not, I just, I like to believe that there's not wailing and gnashing of teeth in heaven. It doesn't sound like the heaven God describes. Um, what am I going to wail and gnash about? My sins are as far as the east is from the west. Uh, tears will be wiped away. There will be tears, but it's not wailing and gnashing of teeth, which would happen if you ended up in hell and you realized that you didn't have to be there. You went there because you did not seek. Therefore, you did not find. You did not knock. Um, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. It's up to you. Anyway, um, verse 15, As the Father knoweth me, even know I the Father, and lay down my life for the sheep. 16, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. I think I'm one of those sheep. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd, the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. That's the one church. That's the universal church is what Catholic means, my friends. And uh, I was Episcopalian, and I was taught everything about Christ. And I think I pretty much believed everything about Christ, but I didn't understand the gospel of the grace of God, that I had to repent of my dead works, foundational truth, Hebrews 6.1, and faith towards God. And that's what I did, and it was that simple. And have I always followed Christ? Have I always? No, he's followed me into some pretty stupid situations. Verse 17. And I, I use stupid to save face. Chapter 10, verse 17. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. He's still God, even though he's man. He'll lay down his life, but he'll... He'll take it back. No man taketh it from me. So let's not blame anybody. You want to blame somebody, blame yourself. But I lay down my, my I lay down, uh, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. 
lay down your life and take it up again after three days. There was a division, therefore, among the Jews for this saying. Well, that perfectly establishes who, who he's writing to, who this is being spoken to. Uh, and they don't believe in him because they're not of his sheep. The sheep believe in him. And many of them said, he hath a devil and he is mad. Why hear ye him? Um, that's their choice. That's not my response to the gospel of the grace of God. But I think there are some people that hear the gospel of the grace of God and for some reason it angers them. It insults them. It, I don't know. I've, I've always wondered why people don't repent of their dead works and put their faith in God. But they, uh, I think it has to do with pride, but I'm not sure. Others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Question mark. Verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. So he's moved on. He's in Jerusalem now. And I think this is the last time he's going to be in Jerusalem. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, uh, the temple that was rebuilt by Nebuchadnezzar. Solomon's temple was destroyed, but they rebuilt it the best they could from memory, I guess, and built a Solomon's porch. Uh, then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Okay, they want to kill him. But uh, and Jesus answered and said, Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do of my Father in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. I guess they followed him into Jerusalem. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. This is the verse I started with. This is the one I've memorized. My father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of, the, for which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law that I said ye are gods? The, the Greek word is theos and can refer to uh, God's lowercase g and God uppercase g based on the context. And I would call that grammar. And so the people that translated this put a lowercase g, you are gods. And uh, verse 36, I am the Son of God, uh, uppercase, Son and uppercase G. Anyway, Jesus answered, Is it not written in your law that I said you are God's, lowercase G, 
theos, but it's the it's just the lowercase theos, if the Greek word, if ye called them gods, theos says, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, i.e. the Savior, thou blasphemest, because I said I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hands. I, this happened on several occasions and I don't think he was ever taken because it wasn't his time. He was in complete control and uh, he was taken only when he was allowed himself to be taken. Chapter 10, verse 40. And, and went away again beyond Jordan. Okay, so I'm wrong about the last time. He hasn't made his last trip to, he hadn't made his last trip to Jerusalem. But I think he's, this, the, the last Passover is, this is the winter it said it was winter time, and the Passover is in the spring. So uh, he's he's they're very angry with him in Jerusalem. The next time he comes, I don't think he leaves. And went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized. So he returns to where he was baptized. And there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this men, man are true. So they believed not for the miracles that John did. They just, well, they saw plenty of miracles that Jesus did, but they believed. And many believed on him there. So, you know, just which group are you going to be in? Are you going to be in the group that believe in him, trust in him, rely upon him, your hope is in him? on him if he is he the object of your faith for salvation the object of my faith when i jumped out of airplanes was my parachute which i had never seen i didn't pack it the first time i jumped the guy that gave it to me told me it was his dirty under dirty dirty laundry and i jumped anyway many believed on him and i love that preposition on because that makes him the object of our faith and if you have faith the grain of a mustard seed you can move a mountain and that father that came to Jesus and said I believe Jesus said if you believe I can heal your son and he said Lord I believe help thou my unbelief so if you have just a little bit of faith in Jesus Christ will save you as long as it's in Jesus Christ and not in yourself you can't put a little bit of faith in Jesus Christ a little bit of faith in your good works a little bit of faith in your whatever you did or wherever you came from or your family or it's got to be just repent of your dead works because all of those are dead works as far as salvation goes. Repent of your dead works and faith towards God. Sounds pretty simple and pretty wonderful to me. I'm going to say adios, which means to God, and I'm going to say vaya con Dios, which means go with God.